animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 74. Joining me as a guest in this, we have my buddy, Rick Arroyo. How you doing, man? Really good. How you doing, Larry? Doing really well. I'm excited for this podcast. We have a special guest, Andrew Gordon, joining us. Um, Andrew has been in the animation industry for over two decades, um, 21 of those at Pixar, and is now head of animation at Double Negative. So I'm really excited about this one. Anytime you can kind of get an industry vet in and talk about their journey is is an exciting time. So I'm looking forward to talking with him. You've got some special announcements real quick before we join in? Yes. uh, Just a reminder to all our, uh, you know, listeners to, if you have any questions, to make sure that you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. You can always send us questions, especially to Instagram. Um, Also, uh, if you're looking to get some training, I know that a lot of studios are willing to pay for your your tuition and help you advance your career and makes you more valuable. We do have a certificate that we can provide to your studios. So if uh, your studios or yourself is looking to do that, don't hesitate to reach out to me at Rick at iAnimate.net. Awesome. All right. Um, looking forward to then. Let's jump into it, man. Yeah. I'm wearing plaid today, so don't don't uh, don't tease me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. We're together. All right. Um, so first off, Andrew, like I said, uh, kind of starting this thing out, I really appreciate your time. Um, as you kind of mentioned, these are kind of cool little time capsules and uh, a chance for people who don't get to connect with you um, to kind of hear about your journey, uh, hear about your philosophy and thoughts on animation. You've obviously have an amazing um, history already, you know, being at Pixar for 21 plus years, um, animation, head of animation there at Double Negative and they're uh, their full feature animation. So I know you have a lot to share with us. Um, so we do really appreciate your time. And then uh, as I mentioned as well, Rick, you didn't run in on this here, but, um, I met this guy and it's kind of crazy now to think about it. It was at the CSU summer arts in Fresno. Um, but I think it was in 2000. So we're coming up on almost 20 (laughs) years. Um, yeah, yeah. I know just like that. (laughs) Crazy, huh? Crazy. Ironically, um, CSU Summer Arts was where I got my start. I, I was right out of high school and I went to, I saw this thing in the back of a magazine and, and I was like, wow, they're, oh yeah, it was, it was in the back of an Amiga magazine. I don't know if you know what an Amiga was. Yeah. Like an yeah, Amiga yeah. was like a graphics computer. I'm dating myself. And, <laughs> and it said, come to California. There's like this cool, these guys are going to be there. And so I ended up going there and it changed my mind you know first of all being in california and seeing all these people doing animation on a computer dean wellens was there and mike wellens brother and all these famous uh, people at the time so so csu has a special place in my heart that's fantastic so now this was when did you join that because like i said you were instructing at in 2000 so how long did it take for you to get to that position you know, I, I went in 1990 as a student and then I, okay. I came back like at least three times uh, after that because I loved it so much. And then once I got to Pixar uh, in 1997, right around the time of Incredibles, like around 2000, then I started to teach. Uh, but I had always envisioned myself wanting to teach up at Humble because that's where it was. But I Fresno was where, where it was happening, though. Gotcha. So it, gotcha. Uh, I hooked up with a guy named, uh, I think it was Rick Rotoli, who was the one that was running those CSU Summer Arts, and he ran it for many years. And then yeah, that's right. Uh, he he ended up going over to see uh, California State. Um, I guess it's a uh, 
Cal Art, uh, not Cal Arts, but the California College of the Arts, and he's over there now doing the okay. animation program. I helped start that up with him. Oh, very cool! Right on. Yeah, yeah I remember. Um, I think you had a Bug's Life had just recently had come out, or shortly. Um, I think Monsters Inc. was being worked on. Um, oh yeah, in two thousand, it probably would have been like uh, close to like Nemo, Incredibles era. You know, okay. Bug's Life was like nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. Uh, then after that was Toy Story two. Okay. Uh, ninety nine ish, and then. And probably you're right. Monsters Incorporated was around 2000. You're right. Yeah, because yeah. I remember it, it wasn't released yet, and you accidentally had some stuff that, and everyone was like, "Hey, come on, show us." You're like, "No, uh, I'll get in trouble if, <laughs> if this <Yeah>. got leaked <laughs> leaked out." <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, you know, back in those days, it really was um, at least at Pixar, it, it was very open in terms of being able to take, you know, stuff and teach with it and and share. And I think that that really came from people like Ed Catmull and, and the animators there that just were really into sharing what they knew, you know, and I think that that was one of the things that I really wanted to do, you know, in teaching was give back because my, my experience of having, uh, you know, some teachers way back was that they didn't want to share some of the secrets. Mm. And I, and I always was frustrated by that, you know, they gotcha. were holding back things instead of like, here is, this is it, this is how you do it. So, uh, you know, I, I really wanted to kind of show everybody like, look, it's not, it's not really, you know, brain surgery. It's hard, obviously, but yeah. this is some of the tips, you know? <laughs> and I think your uh, demo reel you showed us was uh, kind of ironically was a bug lifting an object from one place to oh, another. Wow. I can't believe you remember that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, I applied, uh, I was working at Warner Brothers. You know, I, I had That's gotten, right. uh, I, I had a weird transition into CG. I, I, I liked the imagery first and then I went backwards and I learned 2D animation because mm -hmm. I felt like I, I didn't understand how to get into this business uh, without like the 3D stuff just wasn't working out. So I went back and I learned how to flip pages. I got a job through that with a flower sack assignment at Warner Brothers uh, Classics. They did the Looney Tunes. Yeah. I worked on this thing called Marvin the Martian. And then mm -hmm. during that time, they weren't really doing much. And so in my spare time at night, I would use Softimage. I was a software. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just do little assignments. So once I applied to Pixar... They were like, yeah, this is pretty cool, but your stuff's too cartoony, you know, so maybe next time. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I ended up going back and um, I was like, all right, well, I applied to DreamWorks at that time, was just starting up the first Shrek and it was oh, wow. motion capture still. Uh, Disney was doing Hunchback. No, no, they were doing uh, something to do with like, they, they, I could work on the tails and the toes of a... Uh, of a hydra dragon, you know, uh, there, there was things going on at Blue Sky, there was things going on, it was just starting. Mm -hmm. And then that bug assignment I did got the attention of somebody online, I think it was Steve Siegel, who was mm -hmm. like, hey, we're doing a bug's life, uh, why don't you come up and interview for that? So, <laughs> and then that's how, that's how I got in. The thing I thought was so cool was that it was the parallel with the bugs, but it was only the one shot that got you in that Pixar that you'd mentioned. So I'm going to, on, on a, yeah. your demo reel, the one, all it took was one shot. <laughs> well, it was the Marvel the Martian work and also that work. Okay. Uh, I think, and also the fact that I had a little bit of a, a short film that was 2D. Okay. So it wasn't just the one shot. I think now when you look at people's reels to get in, especially uh, first time 
you know, I'm looking at nonstop reels all day uh, for candidates. And, you know, now it's so hard, you know, we always used to joke about it. Like, man, if we had to get it back into Pixar or a place like Disney now, it would be impossible, you know? And so I think that, (laughs) but what you do see is that the people that are, really show a lot of potential is that they have a spark their work has some sort of special spark mm. to it it has like a you could t- you could see the potential in the acting or the idea or not necessarily like the polish is perfect or you know like the arcs are just so but it's like the ideas and the acting and i think that that's really the key and um you know, I have seen a lot of I animate uh, reels as well, and I was like, "Ooh, that one! That one's really good." You know, and I think that you know, you always spot that kind of spark uh, that, that comes out. Oh, very cool! That's a nice compliment. I, I had a question. I want to jump on that because I've been working on some some stuff. <laughs> I won't say yeah. what because then I get in trouble. <laughs> some stuff, but I want to understand more. Like when you say spark the acting, what what the spark itself did. Is it because you felt connected to it? It felt real? It felt personal? It felt like, what was it of the spark that really stand out? And this is something I talk well, with, with my yeah. teams and with the students, but I want to hear your take on what, well, I mean, what it was could it be a lot of things, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could be a lot of things. You know, if you go back to even people that work at Pixar now, like some of the animators, they may have showed like a visual effects reel. And then you'll see one test shot that they did that was just really well uh, observed and acted and they got the expression right they got the beats right they got the emotion right and it doesn't look cliche they're not using like cliche gestures or or some canned piece of animation you know uh, there's something personal about it and mm. something that is like not referencing animation or or something that somebody else did it's completely fresh mm. um, I remember also an animator that we had hired very back in the older days of, of Pixar where she had a reel that, and I won't name this person just cause I don't want to, you know, get specific, yeah. but all I could say is that the reel was very kind of rough, but really it was about the idea and the kind of caricatured personality of the character on the reel that was like, wow, this is, there's something different about this. Mm. And then that person ended up being coming one of the best animators. Very cool. And, and so, do you, you know, think you have to it, see through it? You know? Yeah. 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 And do you feel like it, there was a sense of truth behind the performance? It wasn't just like a crafted design performance, you know, with great gestures and you know, did you felt there's like a truth that's cause that's something I've been talking about to my team. It's like, don't just animate, don't just move things, but, find the truth behind it like what it what's the truth of that moment for the character or what's the truth that you can bring and give to the character that is your own but that can translate in that character's moment like is that how you think that's a that's a great way of 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 saying it i think uh i heard i kind of heard a uh i think it was maybe james baxter who had said it that you know he was discussing how if you really look at uh like an actor like ben kingsley Essentially, he's the same rig as as the character that's Gandhi. That's also in the same character in Sexy Beast, right? So, it's using these rigs that you get, especially the ones that are from schools that have a, a library of them, and and changing them, and then so that they are a different character, and so you are bringing out that truth. Who is this character really? Like, are mm. they somebody that just lost the lottery? Or are they somebody that? Uh, is going through a, a hard time? Are they, 
you know, you have to find the truth. You have to, to kind of climb into the character, you know, and I think that that's ultimately what a great studios are looking for is like, can you do any character? And is it not just referenced off you or somebody else? Like, can you really imbue this thing with a different character? Mm. You know, one of the things I thought was cool when I, I mentioned to you, I took uh, tall Schwartzman's class about a year plus ago, he said one of the things that uh, mentioned there at Pixar was motion versus emotion. Mm-hmm. And it was that yeah. idea of getting behind that character versus just moving the character around. And that, it was a question totally. they kept asking, okay, is this motion or is this emotion, you know? And getting that performance yeah. versus just moving it around. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think that, um, I think when you, when you see animation uh, on definitely on student reels and, you know, obviously people are learning, so it's, it's, you know, obvious, but I think on the the people that really do get it. And then I would say that that's less than 1% usually of like the ones that really get it is they, they have a a sensibility of like, uh, like you said, an emotional steps that the character is taking in order to do something. And they, they, they're smart about how they don't, repeat beats and how they look for entertainment or, or, and they craft, you know, not just, you know, a hand pose that they saw off a model sheet. It has a certain, you know, it's tactile, you know? Mm. And I think that that's really, uh, that's important. I think, you know, for, for animation is just, you just want to be original. You know, you want to avoid cliches and because there are so many cliches and, you know, when, when somebody like me or we're looking at reels, you could spot all the different styles, the house styles, whether it's from the schools or, or you know, and I think that what you want to do as a student is really try to set yourself apart and do something that is, is outside of that, you know. Do you find that, do you, or let me ask you this from your vantage point, was that something you had to learn to develop, the non-cliche and looking for that kind of stuff, or did that come a little more natural for you, or is that just the environment that you were at? joining Pixar pretty early on in your career? I think everybody goes through cliches because they're really helpful. I mean, (laughs) cliches can sometimes be the answer to uh, a performance, but I Mm -hmm. think what's really important to understand is that you have to draw from your experiences like a family member or somebody you saw earlier that has a way of scratching their face or, and take, take from those experiences. You know, Brad Bird would always used to yell at us and dailies and say, I hate that how animation does mouth shapes. Everybody always animates mouth shapes the same way. And people don't talk like that. And if you watch the news, you know, you know, there are different ways that people talk or if you watch anything, you know, and uh, Pete doctor, you know, he would sometimes film people having a conversation in a restaurant and just, just to, to kind of look at their gestures and stuff. Yeah. So I think that people have really interesting ways of picking up like the gold that you need to actually put into your work. Gotcha. Because I think it's all about specificity, mm. you know? Uh, and then being able to execute that specificity through great polish and, you know, bringing it home all the way. Right. Right. Is that something that you would do often like, uh, you know, film a lot of reference or, you know, sit, uh, and observe Like I, d- I've done some like crazy, like, like, uh, Jedi mind tricks with, with students uh, at CTN. I'll do some, some practice. I was like, we'll just stand in a crowd and I will like look at that person and, and tell them like even where they're going to go or how they feel. But like for you, how did you pick up all these skills of, of creating that performance, like you said, tactful, like you, you, you knew what you wanted to do. Like, how did you get that skill? I'm, I'm really curious. Like, how do you become well, 
I think it's just being like animators are observers, you know, and I think it's about being, you know, obviously everybody knows that you want to observe things. I think it's also having a good sense of humor about what's funny and what's not. And, and uh, you know, I think I was listening to a, to a conversation uh, once about, uh, I think it was a, a talk show host and he asked the question, do you have to be screwed up in order to be funny? You know, and I think uh, th- it was kind <laughs> of a, a funny question. <laughs> question because there is some truth to that. You know, like most <laughs> funny comedians have these really messed up backgrounds <laughs> yeah. and, and dysfunctional families. But I, I don't think it's a skill more than it is just, you know, you're learning um, what's important and trying to use whatever tools you can because, you know, animation is really hard. And, and I think that, when you do see it, I think that I struggled mostly with appeal, you know, because I'm not, I, I, I drew a little bit in school, but when you're dealing with somebody that is a Disney trained animator that knows how to draw like beautifully, um, that's the hardest part. You know, now it's a little bit easier because there's amazing face libraries and people uh, understand a little bit more about appeal. But mm-hmm. that was the hardest part for me was like really getting to the high appeal level. Uh, the acting on certain characters came a little bit easier, but it really depended on casting. So I think that you also have to animate characters that you're uh, closest to in terms of is the casting smart for you? You know, mm-hmm. like, do you see the acting in your head for that character? You know? And I think as a student, it'd be smart if I was doing a test. I would try to think about something that really resonates with me. Like, oh, I know that. I know that character. You know, like I, I grew up with somebody like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I think, yeah. What was that? Yeah. Like, do do you shoot a lot of reference of yourself for your for your team or like? I, I don't, I don't shoot reference, but but a lot of reference is shot. Uh, you know, yeah. and I think there's different schools of thought on that. Yeah. Uh, right. I've noticed it's very different at DNEG than it is at Pixar. Pixar is kind of like a. I think it's not an afterthought, but it's like, yeah, it's part of the process. It's uh, it's something you do, and you know, some people will use it more than thumbnails. But at DNEG, it's part of the process in that they, they get other people to shoot reference for that character. That was something I wasn't used to. Mm. Uh, it's very, it's a process where even sometimes they'll show the the reference instead of the blocking. Mm. You know, that's something that's actually new to me as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, there's so many different ways of doing things. I think that the danger with reference is that you stick to it too close mm. and that people, they stay too close to that reference. And right. so I think that that's, that's where you have to be like, you know, you have to look at it through the painter's eye of like, it's a base and I'm going to build on that mm-hmm. and caricature it and, and push it, you know? Gotcha. So now you were at Pixar, obviously pretty early on in their development, A Bug's Life, their second feature. What was the studio like during that time? Well, it was uh, it was really cool. It was uh, you know very um, messy. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it was uh, the, the, the area that was in animation was called the pit, and uh, you know, aptly named like it was like a little ghetto and so i think <laughs> it, it was all all these little these little um cubicles that people kind of dressed up with their own uh decorations and some people bought bunk beds and they'd sleep there and others had tiki huts mark walsh had a great tiki hut you know and i think that that the the culture grew out of that kind of let's see what we can get away with type of mentality and i think it was because of you know we were allowed to do that 
um, it was also really um, amazingly good people that were working there and, and really amazingly humble people. And, you know, they were really trying to prove something. It was like the second feature they had done, but they had done all these movies before, like these shorts. So they right. were already kind of like a legendary place. But it was very startup-y, you know, and uh, I used to see Steve Jobs walking around, uh, you know, and a lot of the animators were like, who's that? He's like, oh, that's the guy who runs Apple, you know. Um, <laughs> he hadn't even gone back to Apple at that point. He was still not at Apple, and then he was just going back when I came. Wow. And so uh, that was cool. Um, it was also really, uh, you know, we were really worried about the culture changing when we moved into this new building in Emeryville. People didn't want it to change because it was so crazy and fun. And, you know, so, it, you know, the culture changed uh, definitely at that point, but it, it was, wasn't as big of a change. I think, you know, people still pushed on it and still tried to, to really innovate. Gotcha. That's kind of why I asked that question. I mean, because Pixar is a staple in our industry and I mean, amazing and then you've been there for you know you were there for uh two decades and so just um kind of curious to see your your thought process on the the change and um through that time you know and having been there that long uh and and I that think everything well. changes you know i mean right I yeah you can't get, get around older, that you know like you know when you start you're young and you're kind of a kid and you know you want to hang out at work all the time you know and i think when you get a family and you, you kind of want to, you want to go home and so I think that there's that uh, I think that you know obviously things changed a little bit with uh, the culture of you know the Pixar was I mean there's a lot lot said about you know some of the culture not being uh, so good and I think uh, a lot of great things lately have been happening there so that it's uh, a lot more of an equal place but I think that it really was um you know, Glenn McQueen, one of the earlier animators, uh, a supervising animator, he used to say that Pixar was kind of like lightning in a bottle. And I think that I, I think that the greatest studios are still like that. They're, they're a collection of people that just kind of work together, that it's, it's kind of electric, you know? Mm. And I think that the cultures always change. Uh, and it's just a matter of whether or not it, it, it kind of... It's, it's, you're fighting against this co the corporate nature of things, you know, animators. Right. You know, when I was at Warner Brothers early on, I was like, in my head, I thought it was going to be like Termite Terrace. You know, like, <laughs> oh, I read this book about I, uh, Tex Avery and all these, these great Chuck Jones. They were all there doing, playing pranks on each other. And I think that that's the way that it felt in the early days of Pixar. Gotcha. Um, but then it can't stay the same forever. You know? Right. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, was there any particular projects when you're working there that you just that are highlights for you yeah I mean I think um, each project had some great challenges Bugs Life was stressful because I, I just thought I was a fraud you know I was like how did I get this job I don't know what I'm doing you know, and then, you know, watching these great animators that had come before me, like Doug Sweetland and mm -hmm. Mark Offedall, they were the kind of, you know, John Cars. Uh, I, I was, we were always trying to measure up to their work. And so you would, you would just kick yourself. Uh, Toy Story 2 is really interesting only because you're seeing, again, what had happened, that magic on Toy Story 1, and then people pushing it. And then you started to get more comfortable. I didn't really get comfortable until Monsters were... I got the chance to lead a character named Mike Wazowski. Mm -hmm. and, it, and that was really fun because I got the chance to kind of own a, 
little bit of a personality of a character and, and I liked that film. Uh, Nemo was cool just in that it was like learning about fish locomotion and understanding like how to move something through a viscosity of water and you know mm-hmm. so that was like a learning you know exploration for a character. I worked on Gil um, and you know he was a lot bigger of a role in the beginning but then he kind of got knocked down but it was cool just because it was all about his 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 eyes and what he was hiding. Um, Incredibles was a high mark just because Brad Bird had come in and he he just shook the place up and really was <laughs> was like a almost like a general you know like he came in and went, we're gonna change the world you know and I think that he uh, he he was just great to work for because he had a connection to Mill Call and the Nine Old Men and he was like a teaching as he uh, directed you know so that Very was cool. really great. But I think every 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 show had a, had a really great. I think one of the high marks was probably Ratatouille. You know, mm. I had come on early on that movie, and then it got blown up. And then when Brad took over, it, it started to really take off. And I think um, that was I remember a very very uh, really fun time. You know, just for the studio, it was really different. You know, did you feel like there was any extra pressure being at Pixar and you guys having to produce? hit after hit or did you or was the process you know because you're just going in production to that well i don't know i think um i think that, that that's a great question i think that you don't want to i always used to hear this from ed catmull who used to say you don't want to believe your own you don't want to believe the mythology around the company or yourself because a lot of people will write an article about the movie and how it's made and then the people that that made the movie know that it's totally not true, and, and that like, everybody went crazy to make this movie. But then, if you the danger is that you believe the mythology of like how it's made or or how good the company is, and I think that's where the danger is. So I think that the difference between, in my opinion, only between Pixar and some other places is that they're a self-introspective studio. Is that they really are always kind of looking at themselves and wondering are they as good as they can be? And, you know, and, and I think that that's where the magic comes out. And the same with an animator, like, you know, never being satisfied and pushing yourself and, and being hard on yourself is, is how you get the magic. You know, I used to sit next to uh, one of the great animators of, of my era back in those days. Uh, and he, he was always, you know, struggling and cursing and and uh, there was a lot of problems and I, I i was like wow even the best animators go through that right you know right so that i think that was really inspiring to see yeah very cool and that's what you you know you'd mentioned animation isn't brain surgery but it's hard you know it is hard, yeah. <laughs> harder the, harder with maya too harder. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy working in uh at Presto and um... yeah, yeah, it's a, okay. it's a really great piece of software. I mean, it's uh, it's very easy to animate, in, and um, it's like a you know animating. A, it's like a Bentley, you know. It's like okay, a, <laughs> it's like a Bentley. <laughs> it's like a, it's a, that's, yeah. that's wow. But you know, I think that, that Maya is getting better and better, and there's great tools like Animbot Anim- and all yeah. these, these kind of cool tools that are out on the on the shelf. And I think that um, you know, it's not the tool that not necessarily the tool it's just certain like workflow things that the fact that you know multi-shot capabilities and and speed you know animators want to go fast yeah you know? <laughs> that, that's the key is that you got to be real time and i think 
I think we're going to be entering another era of animation soon. You know, it's obviously all going the way of real time and lit. And, you know, you know, when I start doing stuff in substance painter and then I'm like, why can't animation look this good? <laughs> I'm painting gold in 3d. I should be animating with full lights, everything. You know? So I think uh, that's gotta be coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Like I'll just say that. <laughs> It's coming. <laughs> so as I mentioned, Rick's working at, he works at Ubisoft. And so they push a lot of the tech for that reason. Uh, oh, so great. it's always neat to see how that bleeds into feature filmmaking and such, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. And so part of the reason why I like asking these questions too is because I always look at, and I go, you know, you're now head of animation there at Double Negative. And so I like hearing how some of this stuff has formed and shaped you moving into the position and role that you're in there at a double negative, you know, you talk about how Bradbird came in as a general, you know, are, the, are those aspects and characteristics that you pull in or is it your personality is different, but you know, um, it shaped you in a certain way that you as a head of animation lead and teach and stuff. Well, I definitely had to grow up a lot. I'll tell you okay. that. I think in <laughs> animation I was seen as, you know, at Pixar I was seen as a little bit of a, a, a joke jokester a little bit and you know I had a certain reputation and I think I really had to kind of change the way that I am and and be much more professional and try to really listen to people and and you know that that's that's been it's been a huge growth uh, for me um, always you kind of you know take into account all these directors and people that you've seen and how they've dealt with things and you know you try you know and there's there's been so many people that I I've tried to, to listen to and, and, you know, deal with things in the same way. I think, uh, you know, ultimately what, what I want for a place like DNEG is just, you know, transparency and also a, a feeling of, of like the animators and everybody working there is our champion and that they feel like they're really, you know, part of these movie making process because it's so hard to make a movie. You know? right. It takes so much time. And so, you know, we try to do some, a lot of, as much as we can learning and, and lectures and have fun and, mm. you know, because ultimately, you know, I was always taught that if you have fun at work, it's going to hopefully end up on the screen. Gotcha. You know? And I think that's, that's the key is, you know, you know, we work in an industry where it's meant, you know, we're animating, we're, 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 we're not, it's not a, a desk job where you're, uh, you know, filing reports, although sometimes <laughs> you but you know, it's, it's meant to be a, it's a performance, you know, craft. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, when you have a good set, you know, and a live action set, if the set is comfortable and everybody meshes, then it's better. You know, the work will be better. So that that's what I'm trying to create. It's harder virtually because everybody now is working from home and uh, mm. it's it's been a challenge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really, really hard. Now, having left a company like Pixar, again, a staple in our industry, what were some of the deciding factors, if there's something you can get into that made you go, hey, look, it's time for me to leave the nest here? I think that the hardest thing at a, at a big company like Pixar is that a lot of people who have been there a long time want to do other things and other opportunities. You know, they, and I had just done a lot of things that I, you know, I was able to lead the internship four times. I, I directed a lot of promo. I, I did the, the souping gig on a, on a short, I did a directing animator gig, you know, so I, I did a lot of different things. And I think I, I just felt like I want to try something and, and, and take a risk because it's extremely comfortable there. <laughs> and so I, I, I just wanted to, to see what it was like on the, on, 
on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's like other, there's like other studios other than Pixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, really? So, <laughs> yeah. And so I think that, you know, you, you, um, you learn when you fail and when you, when you get a chance to mm. really do something that's out of your comfort zone. And so the, and the past two and a half years that I've been out of there, I've learned exponentially about things. Like I was a co-director on a movie for, for a while on uh, in Paris and now this thing in London and working on little short projects and, and understanding how leadership works and management and, you know, getting to see another side of the coin, you know, right. I think, sure, you know, I could, you could stay at a place and be an animator. And if you're happy doing that, that's most people's dream jobs. I totally think that it's awesome. I just was, you know, wanted to see what was going on. Like what, yeah. what else is out there, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's great. I, I think as a, as artists, there is, like you said, there is that ability to, um, to want to stretch yourself a little bit. Cause that's what kind of is exciting. But I just, I can imagine when people hear that, you know, you left Pixar after you're like, you left, wait a minute. Why would you do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. And I think, you know, I, I really do, uh, I think about it a lot because, you know, when you, it's, it's, a, it's like leaving home or something. And I think, um, you know, it's also, you know, you know, when it's, you, you feel something inside you that is telling you. And I think that that's what you have to listen to ultimately when you're in a job is like, is it feel like I'm still learning and having fun and is this it and i think that sometimes you have to get perspective and uh you know that that was what i i needed and you know like i said it's uh i i definitely think that there's a lot of people would be like you're crazy you know but <laughs> i think that uh it's, it's fun to learn and uh, it's also it's it's difficult you know what have been some of your biggest challenges heading up things there at double negative because this is this is their yeah. first they've been in vfx for quite some time right yeah 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 but this double is their negative first is, is is a visual effects company that's mm -hmm. won a lot of awards and a lot of i think the hardest thing is is changing that mentality of a visual effects company to a feature animation company and and i think also it's difficult too because you're not necessarily it's not your content sometimes so you're with a place like a Disney or a Pixar, mm. it's they kind of own the content. They do own the content, and they make the movie. Right. And so it's the mentality of, well, we got to do this film for these people, and so it's that mindset of, of kind of understanding that it's a service company. Yeah. Um, it's also been difficult. Uh, just you know, like pipeline is always the difficult thing, and, and trying to kind of change the pipeline for what a feature animation needs. It's very different in visual effects. Visual effects is all about plates and. And, and getting the, the plates in and putting, you know, the, the animation on top of that most of the time. And and feature animation is all about really, you know, shots and continuity and and the and arcs of, of characters over long periods of time and, and really looking at it like from 10,000 feet. So that's been difficult. And also, again, just understanding the differences between somebody that might come from a modeling uh, background and visual effects to feature you know like there's it's a different skill sets you know and different right. eye and and we don't need so many controls maybe we just need to, to art direct that shape better you know things like that so i think it's uh it's been a it's been a very exciting though and i think that there's huge potential for for what uh the type of work that can be done that's really different that's that's what's cool is that there's a lot of movies coming out in the next years that are going to look different just, <laughs> yeah that's exciting that's yeah. very cool now, did you have a, um, let me see if I can, I want to make sure I phrase this correctly. 
did you have a tough time finding artists and animators to fit the feature animation type? Because like you said, it's not that they aren't talented in that sure. regards, but there's a different eye. Mindset, and, and, yeah. Yes. It's the, the approach. The yes. Approach, yeah, like, so did you have a tough time? That was one of the exciting things for me was that I was like, why doesn't animation exist in some amazing city like London? Right. You know, like, like feature animation. Because London is like, talk about characters. You know I mean? It's like yeah, a city yeah. of characters. You know, so that was one of my reasons why I was thinking, I, th- I just thought it would be amazing to live in, in in London, it has been a challenge, but you find the gems and you find these unbelievable animators. They come from we've had we got people from all over the place. We got right. people from like all different countries and, and a lot of different studios. People from that that were at Pixar. We got people from Disney, Blue Sky, Ardman, you know, Illumination. You know, you name it. Like it's a it's a collection of all these people that, that's that great. also know each other. Like oh yeah, I worked with you on that last project. See, that's the difference too. Is that people are used to this gig mentality of like, well, I got to go, um, there's a, I'm going to this movie. So in London, you, you're jumping around a lot, especially in visual effects um, and features less, but I think it'll probably get like that too, where you know, you'll see a lot more where I'm going to go work on this show or that show. And that was really always the frustrating thing to me in California was that there wasn't too many games in town. It was like Pixar or Disney in California if you wanted to be in high-end animation obviously and obviously Sony uh, DreamWorks and you know like all these other companies but there was a a little bit less and so I think um, I think it's great for animators to just have choices absolutely be able to go to different places let me ask you you know I don't think it's that touchy but like a life of so you know I started in film I went into games and I'm thrilled about it because I love what I do right it's just so amazing and I get to do live action and and all these things uh, here and there but the fact that uh, the VFX industry there's a lot of gigs right like you mentioned there's a lot of gigs like like how what do you think about that like you know it, it could be it's harder when you have a family right because you know it's moving from le- you know that's why i'm happy i made the transit the transition into games and it was yeah. out of passion and, and a fluke i would probably say but i have considered a few years back to go back to film i had some something very interesting that that i was considering but you know eventually i was like yeah you know i just have a kid now <laughs> You know, like I need something. You you speak to a lot of truth there, you know, like it is really hard to jump around and find the next job. And and I think that that's the frustrating part about it is that nobody wants to do that. You know, it's, it's, you want to have a a job that you can kind of invest in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I do agree with you. I think it's really hard. I think, uh, I am finding that a lot of the younger, you know, uh, people coming out of school are, they're used to popping around and they're like, well, I, I don't like this job. I'm out. And like, you know, they've been there six months, you know, so yeah, well. I think that that's just a generational thing, but I, I yeah. do agree with you. I, I don't think, I don't like it. Right. I don't like the fact that people jump around so much or that they have to jump around so much. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I'm really hoping that the, you know, there was a time where gigs were, you know, were set, there were set gigs were longer, longer term. Either you had a number of shows you would do or you had a, an agreement, you know, with, what it was ever is like two at least two years you didn't have to do six months eight months or every year like i find that's a little aggressive but uh but it's, it's always good to let our audience know like you know what is the reality of our industry and how to be prepared so that's something I well you know one of the things that that's a great question i mean one yeah. of the things that 
it does look great when you stay at a place for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're popping around every six months, you know, you start to wonder, well, why, <laughs> why did you go to this place? Um, one of the things that I do find with some animators too, is that they're, they get stuck in certain types of shots, reaction Casting. shots, where they're yeah. doing, they're coming in on the crunch of a movie and they keep coming in on the crunch of the movie. I think that it's hard to get out of that. And, and I think you have to like try to do your own personal shots or, mm-hmm. or plus like really get a great, performance on there so that you do get handed like the cherry work uh, because I think that that's really important uh, so that's something that I would say that that's that's really important I also just think that the types of, of work that you, you work on you know the things you don't always have your choice and you have to pay your dues and all that stuff yeah yeah but I do think that um, once like like if you want to work in features and you go into television first it's hard to get out of television once you're in there for a long time. And, and, you know, I find people that want to transition. It's, it's almost like you have to reinvent yourself and and start over in some ways because television animation is just different. Yeah. yeah. uh, I I think that's something we need quickly uh, reinvent yourself. Like, I think there's two things to it. It's how to have a long career, right? You know, this very, I mean, now you're starting to see some artists with you know 20 plus years but mm-hmm. that wasn't that wasn't very common you know yeah it's not that common right but but reinvent yourself i think what you said you know um because i i actually talked to some students like you know they're showing the show reel and they're like hey you know, i have some great acting pieces but now we'd like to get into games for whatever reason and i'm like well your reel says you're not a game animator. You're, you're that, or you're like, I want to do feature film, but you have a lot of TV shows and it, it doesn't have the same quality of the same performance or the same polish. Like yeah. You get casted. So like, and I think you kind of are answered, but just uh, like, what, what would you recommend to someone that, that feels they're stuck in one role and they would like to evolve or like to change it up. Like what are maybe like the three top things you would recommend them to do? I mean, I think that uh, that's a great question. I think first off is that one of the things that nobody ever told me, which I think that I would love to tell students is that in the beginning, you want to have a trajectory of where you think you're going to want to go and end up. I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. If your dream is to have, to be a director, then go for that and learn and plan your, your trajectory so that you land there. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think that in order to get out of something that you're not happy with, or you want to do, you really have to almost kind of relearn things and, and get current and make sure that you are up to the second with all the technology and the terminology and the work style and you can't be coming in with old ways of doing things that are like, you know, from 10, 20 years ago, because the, you know, you're only relevant after you leave a job for like, maybe if you're lucky five years mm. and then you're a has been, you know what I mean? So <laughs> Honestly, you got to stay current and you have to, to really understand that all the new tools and all the, the things that you have to do to get to that level, you know? And I think that, that's really one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, the workflows and how people do things and, and, you know, and how they, they learn, you know, taking classes is really important, making sure that you go to uh, any sort of courses that that are going to better you, making sure that you kind of show up at these conferences. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I went to this amazing conference last year called uh, 
Trojan horse is a unicorn. It was. Oh like, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. In Portugal, beautiful. Yeah, great, <laughs> great stuff. Great content. Yes. I, I thought that was really great. Oh, that's cool. Also, I think making sure that you have the right contacts and and that you know you kind of get to show the right people your work. You know, a lot of people will will sh- you know they'll work on their reel, but they'll they won't get the right feedback, and they're mm. they won't exactly advance to where they need to be. You know. Mm-hmm. That's uh, great. But that half of his attitude too. You know, I mean, I'd rather have somebody with a good attitude. That's okay, an animator rather than somebody who's super cocky and and very full of themselves, and you gets know, in the way. Gets in yeah, the way. It's, it's, like, it's, 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 yeah, it turns you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I so feel you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Did you find that you've got or been able to teach a lot there in London at Double Negative? Some of the stuff that you've brought over from Feature into an arena that's yeah. primarily VFX. Well, that's one of the things I love doing is, is you know, the whole sharing thing. And I think we have this thing, uh, a DNA called ATAs, which is like animators teaching animation or animators talking animation. And I cool. think, uh, you know, everybody tries to pitch in their story or uh, I try to, to teach wherever I can and, 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 you know, have a lecture here and there. And I think that that's really fun. Um, teaching outside of it, I think that there is um, – in London and England, there you know there are great places that teach animation that have great histories. But I think it isn't as much as like a place like California or even France. So I think that there is great visual effects stuff, but I think character stuff needs to be taught a lot more in in, uh, in England. And and it's it's going to come around. I think there's just such a great history of filmmaking. Right. Yeah, I was just wondering if that's something that you've been able to bring there to Double Negatives with yeah, the, having yeah, that no background. Doubt. Yeah. I, yeah. I love teaching. Yeah, totally. That's great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned reels, um, and you we, want, you see a lot of them. You, you see, see a lot. Of them. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 start. Let's start with like you know tips and tricks for for student reels. I think Absolutely. like I have like uh, you know I was doing a I was doing a one on one session with uh, with a student helping them for their careers, and I have my own thoughts. But getting your thoughts, tips and tricks for 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 real, like yeah. length, well, format. This. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. First off, you have to know that whenever somebody puts in a reel, they know. Most people could say, "Well, that's an I animate reel. That's an animation mentor reel. That's a uh, whatever." All the all the different schools, online schools or wherever, everybody knows the style and the house style, mm. so you could spot it very easily. So that that is the first thing is to try to break out a little bit in of that, so that you are not just animating a stock rig or a rig that is got the sensibilities of your teacher a lot of the times you know a lot of the times you're you're you're, you don't know whether you're looking at somebody's work and if it's how influenced was that by the teacher and how much of that is you so i always would tell my students when i was back in the days of like the academy of art is like you got to make this thing super original and try to put some hair or like a props and light it i mean you know we we used to think oh it's okay to to uh to just do gray and uh you know like a you know, play blasters. That was that was 1985, uh, like right, 1995, exactly. right? That that was back in the days. Now, yeah, now it's yeah. like if you're no, not you need to stand out. Yeah, you got you got to like like look at the amazing rendering is going on, and mm-hmm. you click a button and you've got like unbelievable lighting. So I think that you have to do that now. I think that mm-hmm. that you have to make your reel stand out with amazing, not only just amazing animation, but shot composition 
and maybe some storytelling. Obviously, the, the film is always the best way. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I've been blown away by some of the films that I've seen. So I think that, that that's the first thing is just to separate yourself so that you do not see through the rig or the program. And yeah, you see past it. You see yes. past it. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's, that's one. That's, that's, the, that's, that's a great advice. <laughs> we want more. <laughs> I mean, you know, is, is, is not being cliche about like the test. You know, I can't tell you how many tests you see that are a dialogue example or oh. a two person dialogue example that, you know, you just want to go, you want to try to dig deep about who, and what kind of test you're going to do. If you're going to spend a couple of months on something, you know, make it have something that, that really tells a story or is original. It's not just a piece of dialogue from a popular movie. You know? Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. What, uh, tell me, what do you think about this advice? Right? I'm going to tell you the advice I gave, and I want you to be brutally honest because that's my thing, right? Just, I'm like, yes, great advice. No, that's a terrible advice. <laughs> you know? So I, I was talking to, uh, to a student, and I was like, they're doing a dialogue piece, and it's just, they're just talking and moving, right? They're, they're, I don't, I was like, explain to, to the student, I was like, okay, the character is not grounded into their world. Like, you know, what, like if, if the shot was in my office, right, and I'm talking to you, like, what else could I be doing other than talking to you? Maybe I'm fixing my, 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 my mic, my best is moving here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, have the character be submerse in the world than just do a talking piece, right? It's like talking piece, but I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah, like maybe, maybe he's putting away his book because he's finished work and he really wants to leave, but he can't because he's, you know, like I was like, try to bring a reality. Then when you understand that reality, then have him live, live it, like don't perform it, but actually live it yeah. in a sense. I was hoping that that comes across clear, but it's like, cause you know, I can just do a dialogue or I can write my idea, how the characters feels, what he's trying to do. Uh, you know, what was his mindset before where, what, you know, what he's trying to achieve. And then when I understand that, yeah. you know, then I say, okay, now this is what he's actually saying. Not just the words, the words coming out, but his body actually saying, might be saying something different. I'm happy to see you. Yeah, you know, how's it going, Andrew? You know, yeah, like, yeah, totally, yeah. Like, but like, like, I say, like, give me something real, like, actual, like a reality. Well, that's that what you in. want, you know. I mean, and when you see the best animation, and especially in features, you're like, wow, who did that shot? You know, I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I think it's really uh, very true what you say. I mean, everybody knows how to gesture, and they use their hands a lot, and they use the stock expressions. <laughs> <laughs> So I think um, students have to get that out of them, though. They have to kind of learn that stuff first. And then, then what you're talking about is like advanced, uh, you know, like Marlon Brando, like, you know, petting a cat, you know, type acting. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you're talking about like method, you know, or, or yeah. something like method where you're yes. kind of using experiences from your past, you know, and I think that's... Yes. That stuff's hard, you know, and, and that, that's why it's so hard to do, you know, it's, uh, but I, I do agree with everything you say. I think that the stuff that you see that's well-timed and beautifully uh, arcs and are nice, but still is generic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you want nuanced acting, you want mm-hmm. ideas, you want, I, I'd rather have a great idea rather than some beautifully polished piece. Like, you know, you want to search for ideas and, and ideas mm-hmm. happen anywhere, you know, I think, you, you could steal an idea that you saw on the street 
two yeah. two hours before or uh, you know I think that a lot of animators myself included don't or didn't know about acting you know I think mm-hmm. you use your gut and and you think that that's enough you, you have to kind of understand a little bit about acting and how actors go through their process in order to really dig into yeah yeah I think th- that actually you know I'll say I'll say this and I'll ask you this what has like what are some some fields that have helped you grow in your career I know I mean I deal with a lot of actors uh, you know I've done voice acting for some from some games or right. I've you know done some temp voice acting I work with sound designers I'm in the edit room I'm like I'm I touched a lot of fields I started as an animator but I have submersed myself with other experts that have actually had a huge impact. I did even a little small three minute videos, how I animate to sound. I just record a sound because it has the intensity, the energy, the, 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 the feeling of it. And I use that as a baseline and then I would animate to that. You know, the yeah, type of pose. Cool. Yeah, so. Ubisoft, yeah, they really do such great things. I remember giving a talk there a long time ago. I thought it was such a great uh, place. Uh, so, mm. so, so many cool people. Um, I think that, um, you know, the question was was really about uh, utilizing like what what inspires me and 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 how, yeah. was that or what like is is it, or maybe like a different field like I I love sound oh yeah right? I use sound design and, and and or maybe some people are very heavy in photography and they use that to mm-hmm. compose a shot like really the great composition or like nail it like how it starts and ends and it's it's like phenomenal but like what what has influenced you as, as, as a director or well, as an animator? Me, you know, what influences me is, um, it depends on the project, but yeah. I think more often than not, it'll be somebody from your past or, or somebody that you remember. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be the, a great movie that you watched, not animated, uh, you know, mostly live action and, and noticing how somebody's hand is or, yeah. Or, or the way that I remember looking at Clint Eastwood and how his eyes were for Clint Eastwood and Paul Newman's eyes for how, how Gil's eyes might act, you know, like, and so it's stealing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's also looking at um, things that, you know, like Brad Bird would always say, you got to go out there and live life. You have to go do your own thing, you know, and I think <laughs> yes. that it's really uh, important to kind of understand that you can't just be sitting in side all the time you have to experience things and, and and put them back in your brain for another day you know to use yeah. but I, I i you know when i was an animator you know you just want to grab from everything you know and, and mm-hmm. where, where does the idea come from you know you're a pretty good brad that, bird i gotta tell you I said, you do a pretty good Brad Bird, I got to tell you. <laughs> no, I think I think that he's he's like an animator's director, you know, and I think that he he uh, he pushed us for that, you know, he pushes for those ideas, and 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 you know, even when somebody's giving a shot briefing, you know, he he explains the greatest directors will explain it because it's in their head, you know, they want it a certain way, like hey, you know. This is when this guy comes into this apartment, you know, the door was probably warped and, and he, he has to do this every day, you know, and like mm-hmm. this is something he has to do every day is bring this bike in, you know, or like, you know, I think that as a director, you, know, you really want to really get specific and everybody yeah. always talks about that specificity. You know, when yes. you look at like a, like a Miyazaki film, you know, I remember Miyazaki telling a story about how his garden, he used to open the garden hose and the, there was a certain rust on the the way that that he turned it and it had a sound and the way that the water dribbled out and 
very specific. Mm. Yeah, you know? and yeah. I think that that's, that, that applies to everything. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. how, yeah. how you can do your animation. Yeah. Did you have any particular mentors that uh, you looked that you look back in your career so far and like they were staples for you, for you? Well, I mean, I, in my early days, I, I really uh, learned under a guy named Frank Molieri at uh, Warner Brothers. He was really just so giving. And uh, I worked with a lot of guys at Warner Brothers that I used to just watch, you know, them do their work like Sprite Brandt and Tony Cervoni used to work, uh, you know, at the early days of Warner Brothers. So definitely uh, Frank and Keith Baxter. Uh, then, then when I got to Pixar, you know, I used to just kind of sponge off of uh, the guys that were doing the best work, you know, um, mm. at that time in the very, very early days, like uh, like Mark and Doug and John Cars and, and people like that. And then in the later years, you know, it was really just kind of surrounding yourself with your peers, like making sure that you had like a handful of people that were really honest with you about mm -hmm. your work and worked it out with you. And when you got into a pickle, it was like, I can't, I don't understand this. Can you help me? <laughs> you know, and I think you have to surround yourself with those people. Otherwise you're, you know, you have to use their superpowers. You always hear that you know, term, <laughs> but you're, you were already kind of using your superpowers. I remember uh, working with a, an animator named Bolem Bushiba who on Ratatouille was just kind of like, mind opening how you could think about a character you know and how mm -hmm. emotional and how specific and so you know you just kind of take from whoever and i think that that that's the that's what makes a great studio a great studio is there's so many of those people mm. and the, the work just kind of goes up and up you know and, and right. everybody's together you know hopefully your students are doing that with their their work yeah at, at your school you know and, yeah I remember I've shared this before, but I remember the first time when we we're actually this is our our ten year anniversary this year. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> but I remember when we first opened our virtual doors. I was a student as well, and uh, I remember when people started posting some stuff. It was uh, you know Robbie Govind and uh, Roscoe Stefanovich. He's over at Disney, and um, cool. I remember seeing their their stuff right away, and I was like. Uh oh, <laughs> I, I need to bring my A game right right now, you know. But it, it is it, it it suddenly pushes you where you're having to strive for more than what you would do normally. The game has changed, man. It's like the the animators now um, at the top studios are like SEAL Team Six. You know, it's like they're so they're so they know how to do it, you know. And and it's I, I really uh, it, it's amazing to me, you know, they they're the best animators. How solid they are for mm. blocking and you know it's like I, I really you know when I was animating you know it was a struggle to kind of like you know you're really working it out you know and I think now if you don't show a first pass of blocking that's like you know it's it's almost like uh oh <laughs> not, that's not but I don't agree with that though I mean I think yeah. that a lot of the, the best shots that I remember seeing back in the day they they took a long time to get there struggle through that, it and stuff yeah, struggling through it and the exploration and trying this and trying this and this gesture is there here. I, I don't think it's struggling. I think it's finding that that what I call it, it's like the truth, the essence, the the yeah. the that element that connects to like when I say like I feel an emotion when I you know example I talk about my kids and how I feel about about them like that real truth. Yeah, when you can craft a performance and it has has its it's surrounded by that truth or has element of that truth, people will find it and, and, and feel it's great. But to craft it, to get there, 
not everyone understands that. It takes time and, or you need help. You need input from people like, man, that feels good in understanding why or what it's missing to get it at that level. So, you know, yeah. I really believe in that. That's just my, that's just my opinion. I also believe honestly in the whole, uh, the student becomes the master. I feel like whenever you're teaching and you see the people get it, then they turn it on its ear and they, they take it to another level. So I think that the, the newest generation of animators is the ones that are going to push. And that's exciting. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the real, I, uh, I send a, I did a tweet once I maybe I deleted sometime. I delete my own tweets. Um, <laughs> I wrote, a, you know, a, a true master is really a student, but it's a master student, right? Because, you know, eventually you see your career, you do good, you do great work, and you'll get a good, to a good position. And then there's a point, and maybe I'm just speaking, I'm speaking on my behalf. There's a point where everything you learn, you're actually learning new things, and, and, but you're taking it, like you said, to that level. And I, I really believe the masters are continually studying. But it's finding yeah. that little small difference, which like, oh, just that. And it, but that little difference means this, you know, in, you know, in our industry or, or, or oh, I know. I, 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 you know, I remember talking to Glenn Keane about that very thing. I, I said, how do you, you know, do you ever have the problem where you think that you're not doing good? And, and he's like, yeah, you know, he, he was explaining how you get to a plateau, like you, you kind of just mm-hmm. level off. And yeah. then he said, usually that's when you're start, about to go up again. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that that's really exciting. And, you know, even at people at his level, they have the plateaus and then they, they shoot up, you know, Yeah. So, but you have to keep pushing, you know, and I think yeah. that's the key. That was actually me kind of my next question here. What is it that's still exciting you about animation in the industry? You know, I am so excited about what, what is coming out now with the different looks of, of features. And it's not just a house style that, that everybody gets, you know, there's, different looking films everybody references you know things like spider-verse or but now now i think that that's opened up a a field of different types of looks and Mm -hmm. different styles and 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 cheaper films you know like i lost my body is like something that's made for hardly any money but but was really well done and got an academy award nomination you know so i think that i'm just excited to see uh some different work and Mm -hmm. and also different studios and, and how they approach their their craft under a limited budget. You know, not everybody has $200 million. That's really exciting to see what can be done for cheaper and, and Efficient. scrappier you know, yeah. people that are, that are kind of innovating how they do things. You know, yeah. so I'm excited about, about all that, you know, and, and the different types of stories that are going to be told, especially in the next couple of years. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. We should all be very excited for what's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, this is great. How have you been enjoying working uh, overseas versus uh, the U.S.? You know, I got to be honest with you. It's it's uh, it's amazing. I I think uh, it's you know when you're in California, you're, you're California is amazing and it's beautifully sunny. The weather is not the greatest in the U.K. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you can go to take a, a, a train to Paris or yeah. be on a on a plane, when easy jet or jet go Morocco yeah. and yeah. Go yeah. Russia or here or there. That's the most amazing thing. And I mm. think that as an animator too, I think that, you know, if you're soaking up all that, that knowledge of like, there's a lot going on in a city like London, there's just endless things to do. And, 
and then you can go take a train to Amsterdam if you want, and you can go to uh, you know Paris on the way. So that that's mind blowing. Mm. You know, I think that I so I really like that. It's it's a little bit over, you know, stimulating, but I think uh, <laughs> you guys are based in Montreal, right? He well, is. I'm in California. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I used cool. to be in California. Moved back to to Montreal, so I'm based in Montreal, and I do miss California weather, and I miss. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> I, I think uh, it's been a great experience, no doubt. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So not too difficult to adjust into, huh? It is. I mean, I think that you know what's really cool too is that you meet different types of animators. You know, uh, like I, even at the short time I was over at Illumination, I think the animation talent there is just amazing, and, and the people there are. You know, you don't realize like they're just there are people doing this craft and and they're so talented and they, they bring a different skill set and a different way of doing it and and language, you know, and how they approach a shot is completely different from okay. you know, say like Pixar. So you see a lot of work methods and, and a lot of different ways that people do things. And that that's that's been really interesting. Is that you know, there's a California way, this kind of studio way. And then there's these other ways that people are doing, and and, and that's been really enlightening. That's neat. Yeah, that was gonna be actually next one. I was going. We all speak animation, but you go, there's different accents, you know, so to speak, based <laughs> upon how they do things. So I was kind of curious on how, what you've learned from that. Well, I think that uh, you have to, you have to just be understanding a little bit that there isn't just one way of doing something. Uh, you have to understand that, that also people come from different backgrounds. They have different ethnic, uh, you know, backgrounds, uh, respecting where they come from. And, and, you know, that maybe English might not be their first language. Uh, that's important. Even the gestures that they pick and how they might approach a mouth shape, even, mm. you know, it's hard, you know, I think that, you know, we take it for granted when in the United States, uh, you know, we're working in a place like New York or California, you kind of get that. But, you know, if you're, imagine all the people doing the, the films in other parts of the world, they're trying to observe that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and bringing a different spin on it. Yeah, and I think right. that's, that's what I've noticed. Um, I also just noticed that like, you know, you, every, every country has their different, like their personality, you know, like mm -hmm. it's like, we, we, you know, the United States, it's all from people that are from Europe and there's very specific ways that people are. I remember I did a podcast with uh, Andrew Adbury. I don't know if you know him. He's at Pixar. Um, oh, I'm he, at yeah. He's yeah, one yeah. of our alumni, but he's been, he's worked on cars and uh, Coco and okay. such. Um, but prior to that, he was in New York and he uh, was working at a VFX uh, studio. And uh, he said, one of the guys that was French there, he goes, he basically said, oh, I know what's wrong. He's like, well, what, what's that? He's like, you don't know how to animate, you know? <laughs> he's like, just hang on, let me show you something here, you know? But it was so, he was like, okay. Spades, <laughs> man, I can't even begin to tell you. And then I think in, in England, sometimes you don't know if you're, doing good or not you, you yes is really no and you're doing great is really yeah it's not so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember jamal bradley had mentioned when he went over to uh india dreamworks it was kind of the same thing where it's like you know do you understand this and they're like because they're it was very um it's part of the culture culture, culture like yes yeah uh -huh, uh -huh, yeah and then he got back and they like 
you didn't address this, you know, but it's like, they weren't going to say, you know, I don't understand this. It was just, I'm going to help. Yeah. I'm going to get this done. No, you know? And so it was kind of learning that. I think that, you know, when you go into a studio system and you're in a bubble, like at a place like Pixar, it's very candor and honesty and trust and, you realize that the rest of the world doesn't work like that. And the rest of the industry doesn't work like that. And, uh, you know, you kind of get, you get punched in the face a couple of times. And I think that, uh, that you learn a lot. Yeah. yeah. It That's hurts, great. But you learn. That's, funny. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, I got a kind of a closing question. You know, you mentioned about that trajectory. Um, you started out in animation. You're now heading up animation at a, a new feature studio. Where do you see yourself moving from this point, do you see you're enjoying this here? Or do you want to direct or what, what is your trajectory as we kind of look at that now? Well, right now I'm working on uh, some, some pieces that I have in development for, uh, for short uh, form kind of pieces that I'm, I'm doing some development work for. That's really exciting. I really mm. want to continue making stories and continue making characters. And that's what I'm really up to. Uh, whether it's directing a movie or uh, producing a movie, uh, you know, it's, I just want to stay, uh, in the kind of movie business and and make interesting stories and interesting work on interesting projects and characters. So, you know, I definitely uh, am interested in, in directing, but I want to make sure that I, I kind of take the right way of doing it. I don't want to just be, you know, now I'm working on a, a billion dollar movie and, you know, to be, to be quite frankly, you know, it's, it's, it's not, that easy you know directing is really hard and so right now i'm just (laughs) focusing on smaller projects i'm also really interested in the game space and ar vr and Mm. and understanding you know how to kind of get into that world a little bit more and and understand and animate in that world because i really feel like storytelling can't just be on a rectangle you know and i think that there's a lot of potential uh, that i'm really interested in uh working uh, on that type of content as well. So anything that involves great characters and great emotional experiences, that's really what I want to be in. Any particular VR ones that uh, you've done that you've really enjoyed? Well, I mean, I think that uh, I, I can't say that I've done a lot that, that you know, have really nailed it. I think that, that I, I, I really enjoyed some of the spotlight stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that those were really um, well-crafted. Uh, I, but I, I think that, you know, some of the stuff that I think even live action that uh, is being done, you know, where you're kind of crossing the border or was it Inaratu that did that? I'm not, I'm not sure who uh, directed that. But I think that, you know, I'm, I, I want to see stuff that is, is immersive and, and emotional, but also not kind of hitting you on the head with it. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, how about you guys? Uh, is there anything that I should be looking out for? Um, <laughs> la- not this last year, but the year before at CTN, I thought it was a lot of fun. They had a VR area. Um, Disney had one, um, and that was the first time I'd done VR. So I thought it was just, it was really neat. Uh, I know, um, Baobab had, uh, had crows. That was really cool. My brother had worked on that one and some of the guys yeah. here at iAnimate. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was a neat experience. I, I'd kind of heard a lot about it. And, uh, as the first time I actually got to experience the VR, and I thought it was really, really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, you know, it, it, for me, one day there's going to be these and we're going to be probably watching stuff through a pair of glasses. I just want to be ready for it, but also I want to see cool content, you know? Right. That's what, yeah, that's exactly right. It boils down to not just a gimmick, but content. Yeah. 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 
Thank you guys so much for having me. It's really a pleasure and, uh, you know, such a great work that coming out of the school. So uh, thanks again. Thank you very much for your time. Like I said, I've been wanting to do this one for a long, long time. So I appreciate it. What you do in our industry, the spline cast, are they still available? People can listen to those. Oh gosh, Splinecast. You know, actually I have a website called andrewgordonstory.com okay. that has all of them on there on the blog part of that website. Cool. Uh, so they are all available still. And um, I'm trying to move all that content from Spline Doctors onto this site because for some reason you can't get to the old Spline Doctors. Some some Russian hackers killed me. Oh man. <laughs> So, uh, That's the way to oh, end it. No, yeah, but, but I definitely, uh, I'm going to put all that stuff up for you know everybody to see. And I appreciate that you guys even uh, remember that stuff. So yeah, you. absolutely. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, go check out those other ones. I would highly recommend the ones with Rick and Nibera. Uh Those are some of my absolute favorites. Uh, just uh, some fun stuff. So uh, very much appreciate your time, Andrew. It's been great. And I love okay. the little nuggets in this here. It was great. Awesome. It was really great talking to you guys. And uh, thank you, uh, Richard. Uh, it was great talking to you as well. And uh, Larry, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right. Wonderful. And with that, guys, we're out. Yeah.